calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Welcome to Frau Pow. We're your hosts, Auden Rags. Hey, hi, hello. You are listening to uh, an episode from our immigration series. If you are a little bit lost, please go back to our preface where we introduce this. In this episode, we're going to talk to Winna from Liberia. We hope you enjoy the series. Um, so where are you from? You said you were uh, are West African. Yeah, I'm from like, well, I was born in Liberia, lived there for the first 10 years of my life. And then we moved out to Pennsylvania and I've been there, well, forever, but now I'm in New York. So, Oh, wow. That sounds like it must have been a really big change moving from Liberia to Pennsylvania. Yeah, quite a bit of a change. Yes. Um, And what was your immigration process like? So what... um. Do you want to tell us a little bit about maybe why um, your family decided to leave Liberia? Maybe yeah, why you guys sure. came to Pennsylvania in particular? <laughs> no. Well, my, all right. So our dad had came, his brother, his older brother who raised him, um, lived in the U.S. So he, well, the, if you know anything about Liberia, we've had like a, we had an ongoing like civil war period that lasted for like 10 to 13 years. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of turmoil and like, you know, fighting during the time that I was born and like growing up. So when my dad's like uncle or brother, my uncle basically, but he like we kind of call, he calls him dad because he raised him. When he came here, like with all that, you know, stuff going on, he sent for him to come here. So he came ahead of us and he kind of got a feel for it and he stayed for some time. And then he sent for my mom, like a couple of years later, she came also. And during that time while she was here, like working, trying to, you know, buy a place that we could live in. When we came, we stayed with my grandma back in Liberia. Mm -hmm. So, and then after that, my mom like filed the process to like get us here, I guess, like as her dependents, when she she was here with my dad and they were like more settled. Um, So... When you first came to the United States, did you know English? 
Um, well, yeah, back home we speak like, it's kind of, we call it Liberian English, which is accent English mixed with like all the dialects and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I knew, I knew English, obviously it wasn't like American accent English. So that part in itself was hard, you know, to do that. But right. in school, the kids like laugh at you if you have accents and all this other stuff. But, but I could understand everyone and, you know. Okay. So, I mean, that. There's a lot of obstacles to be had, but like at least knowing the yeah. language was a good start. Yeah. So speaking of obstacles, um, what was what were some of the challenges you faced when you came to the United States and, you know, the years that followed? Well, definitely it's like really different because back home everyone's kind of like one big family and here it's really individual and like I don't want to say lonely, but quite lonely in some in many ways. Because everyone stays with like their immediate group, like their wife, their husband, and their kids, you mm-hmm. know. So going from that, like having the entire, like the not the entire country, but like the entire community as my family, to now like being with just my parents, but now they have to go to work. So it's like me and my brothers, and then like not having anyone to like play with or not knowing anyone. That was just. That was the initial, like, really difficult period as a 10-year-old coming from another country to this country. And then, like I said, going to school and having to make friends with kids that, you know, weren't very, like, not not welcoming, but just you're different from them. You don't look like them. You don't talk the way they talk. So it takes time to warm up to you and mm-hmm. my parents like sent us to Catholic school because they thought oh that it might be better going there and it was I don't I want to say it was better but there were still like instances where you just really feel different from everyone else around you and even like with your teachers like sometimes there's things that they may you know they did do that you just didn't feel relate it like you could relate to or they could relate to you in some ways so that's always been a challenge is just going through a new culture and like a country where you're you are minority you are from a different country you know you like not just being a minority but immigrating and all that stuff you always have to navigate those like paths and has has that changed like how you feel like you were explaining that it was kind of difficult has that changed um in any way since you you know grew up um you know you went through elementary school and middle school um yeah how do you feel about it now I definitely think it got better like with each you know new school like from elementary to high school I've you know you make your own little group and then college I've found like a good group of people and now as an adult like working in my own, like working in my field and being my own person, you know, like I know how to navigate being different from other people and like, you know, reacting accordingly. So it definitely has changed for the better, I would say. But there are challenges that come with like adulthood that sometimes you might, I feel like are related to the fact that I'm not American, American. Mm-hmm. You know? What is something that surprised you um, about? America once you moved here um how hard people work here like back when we were poor but I feel like everybody and people work hard you know because it's a thorough country there's not a lot of jobs available and stuff 
but everybody kind of shared care. People work really hard. They never have time for themselves and they don't share. So mm-hmm. it feels that's a, that was really shocking. It's just like everyone felt more miserable, even though there's so much wealth and like, you know, opportunities, but everyone just like were a lot more miserable and unavailable than, you know, back home. Yeah, I think that's a pretty accurate description of American society. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and like when I was growing up in Liberia, they were like, oh, when you go to America, it's like full of like gold and diamond and happiness. And I like got here. I'm like, oh, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what other things did they say when you were a kid back back in Liberia about America that like when you got here, you're just like, no, that's not even remotely the case. Well, they they really paint this picture of like this utopia when you like have all your worries like go away and everything. But then I got here and I learned about like being a different color. Like I learned about being white and black and pink and purple and orange, like mm-hmm. <laughs> and like that mattering. Like none of that ever mattered. I got here and I learned about being like a woman and like versus a man and just like all these things that like American culture has like all these layers to it when when you like compare to a really simple country where people mostly worry about feeding the kids and like, you know, giving their kids a good education, everybody's just kind of being supportive of each other. So it was, it was really different. And in fact, it still is really different. Um, have you been back to Liberia? I haven't been back. My mom goes often, but unfortunately, I don't get to go. But I have been back. To, I went to Uganda twice because I've done like some service there. And it, like once you've seen one third world African country, you've pretty much seen all of them. That's what I like to say because sub-Saharan Africa is very poor and very much like the same kind of culture, collectivist and like you know, helping each other out kind of thing. So not going back to Liberia has been hard, but going back to Uganda in some ways has given me a bit of that, you know, African vibe that you desire when you've been away from home for so long. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what is uh, the best thing about your time here? Like, what are some of the best things about your time here? I will say, like, my parents brought us here for the opportunities and as hard as you work in this country at least you do have a chance to like work and make a better life for yourself a lot of like my cousins and you know aunts and uncles back home they don't have that they want jobs they've been to school they've like equally as educated as me but they can't you know find the jobs and opportunities so I guess like having that chance to get a good education and be able to work and like afford things for myself has been the most positive thing and some of the people I've met along the way are really kind like two of my best friends you know Joyce <laughs> you know those like the people I've met along the way too that are good people that's also been positive yeah Joyce a good person I like her sometimes yeah <laughs> sometimes sometimes just sometimes mm-hmm. um so would this is going to sound like Kind of weird. Would you recommend your like to friends and family back home in Liberia? Would you recommend um, them coming here to the United States? Just because, like, if we could get jobs and you know opportunities back home, I would say no. But because our government, government, and this is for us up there in Africa, they suck literally. 
um, because they suck, they don't capitalize on the country, like the various countries, like resources, and we tend to sell ourselves. Sure, I would say just for those reasons, they can come here and kind of seek better opportunities as far as like, you know, making money, getting education. But if it wasn't for that, the lifestyle definitely is better where they are, you know. That's really interesting um, to think about. I'm trying to like, hmm. I have a question, but I'm trying to like think how to word it. Don't be scared. You can ask me. <laughs> no, more, more like I want to make sure that it's saying what I want to say, but we'll come back to it. Um, something I wanted to ask is, um, do you think that the current climate in the U.S. Um, in terms of immigration and um, how people are talking about race and ethnicity um has impacted how you view America and what you yeah. Just... Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> um how how has that changed? Um it's really sad because you feel even more unwelcome than when you like than when I first got here. Now I feel actually more unwelcomed and like I've lived there long enough where this should be my culture. Like I should feel like a black American and not like Ex, like an expat essentially mm-hmm. but I feel like so unwelcome that even if I was like a black American I would still feel unwelcome like you know what I mean like that's how badly it's gotten and I'm I'm from like Catholic Protestant Pennsylvania and everyone there for the most part is nice but sometimes it feels like an outer body experience because I'm like we preach all these like positive bible things but yet we support someone that's so negative and evil you know towards immigrants mm-hmm. and I came immigrant and I'm part of your community and you love me I don't understand how you love somebody that's so against like that same chance for other people I don't know I mean I feel like both of us um would love to know the answer to that um because it yeah. feels like a real disconnect mm-hmm. um for people it is. yeah it's crazy like people we know and love um yeah support this person it's hard to think about um like in terms of skin color you know ethnicity sexuality and gender it's like we have people that we love and that we are related to or maybe not even related to but like we love but like on some fundamental level they don't support us in some way and it's Uh it's really just mind-boggling Right. You know? It's almost like we say, like, love each other, love everyone, but gay people aren't welcome. I'm like, it's like, I feel like, okay, well, how are we loving everyone if certain people aren't welcome, though? Like, you know, it just, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um. So I actually kind of had a question that uh, is not so much related to immigration, but is related to the color of your skin. Um, mm-hmm. And that is, I know that uh, a very popular sentiment throughout uh, like the older generations is that there is no mm-hmm. black and white. You're just American. And it kind of leads bullshit. to- Thank you. Absolutely. That's what I wanted to talk about. Like, can, can we talk insane. about colorblindness like, for a second? Everywhere you walk, your color matters. Like, it just does, you know what I mean? And I love for it not to matter. Actually, I shouldn't say that because that's also bullshit. Colors should matter. We are different. There's nothing wrong with being different. What the problem is, is people use those differences to kind of hinder you 
and your progress. And that's always been the kiss. No, I feel, and I hate to say this because I feel like in some ways I'm taking away from my friends that aren't Black, their successes. But I, I'm a strong, like, advocate and believer for, like, I have to work three times as hard to get half as much. Growing up, my mom would say that, but I'd be like, yeah, you're wrong, blah, 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 because I was in what? My little bubble in Pennsylvania, and I was protected, whatever, didn't go out to the real world, and then you get there, and you got the same degrees, you got the same, you know, sometimes you're smarter, but you don't know this, you don't know people, so if you don't know someone, you can't get that fancy job at, like, UPenn right out of college, because it's, like, about who knows who, so a lot of times, being, like, Black and not being connected hinders you systemically with, like, getting job opportunities, but also, if I go out there and I make a dumb mistake, like, they're going to look at my skin color, right? They're not going to just look at me as a person. And I'll tell my little brothers too. I'm like, I hate to say this, but you have to be careful. You know, we, we're we lucky enough where we grew up with all these people we know and they know us. If we make mistakes, they're going to call our parents before they call the cops. But like, that's not the reality for a lot of people that are out there that look like us, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody in this room is, we're all bobbleheads. Like we're all nodding our head. Yes. Because I think it's fair to say that um, Odd and I and our producer, Kate, we we recognize the issues with colorblindness and it's it's so silly. It's so goofy. <laughs> like, I don't get it. Why people won't just know that you're and it's not you're not racist because you know that color is a thing like, you don't you can know about color and still be a like non-racist person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's like I feel like a lot of people think that they're racist for saying that, like, you're black. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm no. black. In fact, I'm happy about it, but just recognize that, like, being that in a society where people are so hyper focused on what you look like can be a problem, you know? Yeah. So, growing up in America as an African immigrant, um, how mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure to ask the next part, and I think this is sort of what I was thinking about, but do you think yeah. that your experience? Um, differed a lot from African American in some ways. Yeah, well, okay. being on a basic level, being black is like the same. Yeah, but in many ways, that like they don't accept us as black too. So we're like not accepted with the whites, but we're also not accepted with the black Americans. Yeah, they there is a certain belief that the Africans look down on the black Americans, but that's not really true either. I think because we're immigrants and we come from countries that are really poor and our parents are so like focused on like making sure we be we're successful and stuff, um, that's always the focus. Like your parents are like, you gotta be doctors, lawyers, like nurses, this mm-hmm. and that, just like really important things because they know that like this opportunity doesn't come around often. So that's the difference because I feel like Whenever I had problems with the like black Americans, they were always like, You guys think you're better than us, you're smarter than us and then they would use words like your African booty trashers and all this like oh ridiculous things. I'm like, we're all just black. And I'm only doing this because my mom is like, if I ever get anything less than a bee, she's gonna kill me. <laughs> but I'm better than you. It's because like I have to do it because we've been through so much. Like my family was in 10 years of civil war. I don't have the chance to be like not successful or goofy about my opportunities. I don't have to, like, I can't make a misstep because I'm not allowed 
because they're constantly reminding you this is not your country you're here to like for an opportunity you're here to do this and do that and be successful so in that sense that was the diff like that's my personal difference and i'm sure there's black families that do that with their kids but i think the africans tend to do that more and it creates some sort of animosity where mm-hmm. sometimes like the black kids that i knew would feel like we were acting like we were better or, mm-hmm. but it was never a better thing it was just actually um more restricted because <laughs> not from here actually you know what i mean yeah mm-hmm. i think that's actually um kind of a popular sentiment throughout multiple immigrant families and communities of like you gotta when you come here you need to work extra hard to succeed because you need to prove that you belong here yeah um, right and my cousins back home they don't have this chance so like it's like you can't fuck it up kind of thing yeah yeah no definitely I think I mean um that's a very popular sentiment um in like uh families that are from India and like mm-hmm. parts of China uh, parts of uh Asia as well it's like you don't belong here or you don't feel like you belong here so in order to make your yeah. way you kind of have to earn it by getting these good grades and succeeding yeah and I think another thing that I also find really sad but like my dad would do this because we live near like where we live in Pennsylvania is super close to Trenton so he would take us and he would drive us through the hood of Trenton and he would be like mm-hmm. you don't want to be those black people you know what I mean like and I'm thinking now looking back I'm like they may have fucked up somewhere along the line, but the systemic structure got them to that point. You know, we created all these ghettos and we put black people in and now they're stuck there. And sometimes they don't really have a chance to get away from that like life. So my dad's telling us, don't be them. He's not focusing on like how they got there because that's not his place. He's just like, I'm here now. I'm going to make sure I'm not one of those black people, but there's so much more beyond it that you know happened for them mm-hmm. to get to that point mm-hmm. yeah um so after being here for a while uh do you feel american um no i don't think you ever do <laughs> but i did have quite a weird experience because when i went to uganda you see, i was black i'm black and they're all black and they're talking to me speaking to me and they treated me like i was black but because I've been away from from the from there for so long, it's like you 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 don't fully relate to. Mm-hmm. So I'm like I'm African, but I almost had an outer body experience being in Africa, and it felt weird. Even though I was happy to be there, and it's not Liberia, and the language is a little different. But I'm like once you every sub-Saharan African country is pretty much the same. And I'm like, why is it like I'm with my people, but yeah, I feel some sort of like difference. So that part of it was weird, but like being in the U.S., I don't ever really feel I'm American. Mm-hmm. I, sometimes, you know, when you're with your friends in Pennsylvania, which is very American, <laughs> I guess the way we look at it, you do get that little bit of American jitter and pride, but like you're always in the back of your mind. You're from somewhere else and your family will remind you every day <laughs> and your grandma will remind you every day. <laughs> and so you, you don't ever get away from it. Yeah. Thanks for listening to one of our episodes from our immigration series. You can follow us on social media at Frau Pow Podcast. 
on Instagram and Facebook, and you can send us an email at fraupalpodcast at gmail.com. 